Welcome to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. My name is Chip DeBlock, and I'm your host. We're a group of law enforcement professionals that talk about today's news and issues, but we do it from a law enforcement perspective. I'm going to go and introduce our crew to you guys. If you don't mind waiting for the video portion of our show, you can't see him, but we do have Lieutenant Randy Sutton uh, with the Wounded Blue on the show all the way from Las Vegas today. And also Corporal David D. Grester from the Tampa Bay area in Florida. So thanks, guys, for being on the show. Appreciate it. Uh, you know, Randy, we had a question from one of our users. Uh, before I get to this, before I get to the sponsors, let's take care of this real quick. So to Lieutenant Randy Sutton, with regards to the National Law Enforcement Summit coming up on my birthday, do you have to be a certain age group to enter the event or is it for everyone? And that's from uh, Sergeant George. Randy, you are muted. So can I hear a word you are saying? But I, uh, this, this better? Yes. Okay. Yes. No, the last law enforcement survival summit in Las Vegas, September 26th through 29th is open to all law enforcement. We don't, we don't discriminate because of age. And uh, not only is it open to the law enforcement officers, we also encourage them to bring their spouse or significant other as well. Excellent. All right. So hopefully that answers your question, George. Good question. Thanks for asking. Hey, guys, also a shout out to our sponsors. We have Motion DSP, GallsGunLearn.com on Medicare.Live. We're fueled by Bang Energy. And yes, I don't have David's favor today, but I do have the Star Blast. So thank you, Bang, for the fuel. Appreciate it. Also, a shout out to Brian Burns for the free press for carrying our content. And hey, Ray Dietrich with Red Voice Media at redvoicemedia.com. We're streaming the eight locations right now. No, Facebook is not one of them. I'm sorry. Facebook is. We're streaming the Facebook, just not YouTube. So YouTube's not one of the streams. But look, uh, three of the locations we're streaming to are Facebook pages that belong to Red Voice Media, and they have about one million followers just on those three Facebook pages. So thanks to Red Voice Media and Red Dietrich for making that happen. Guys, a, a good lineup. Man, do we have um, some stories today involving, um, one particularly involving a outlet mall in Texas with an active shooter. Cop does it right. It's pretty good. But uh, we'll be getting to, into that in just one second. So, look, our, our first one, guys, um, I, don't, I, I didn't get the input on you uh, from you guys, or unless I didn't see it. So I got um, two updates that we can cover. One's involving uh, teaching young officers about financial success, and the other one is about the uh, Durham report about no evidence to investigate the Russian collusion. So, guys, uh, your choice on which one. If it doesn't matter, we'll go with the uh, with the. Uh, I know, David. I know. How do you pick? Okay, I'll go with the. I'll go with the first one then. So let's see our first one here. It's on police one, Missy Morris. I don't think that we've had her before, but here's the title of the article: uh, Why we must teach young officers about what it takes to achieve financial success. It is true that, man, if I if I knew what I you know back when, uh, what I know today, what a what a world of difference that would make. So she kind of tells a story about how she got started and the bad advice she got and the good advice. But she says the best advice that she ever got uh, came from her very first field training officer, FTO. It wasn't so much advice as it was an order, actually. She says the secret to financial success, financial success in law enforcement, he said, was good planning. And then he drives her straight to City Hall, marched her into the financial department and actually kind of forced her to sign up for a program called the Deferred Compensation Program. And she didn't know what the words meant or anything about it, but he made her do it. So she said becoming a, a cop before a person's frontal cortex is fully matured at the age of 25 means that well-thought-out adult decisions about your life and your future are not going to come naturally. It's funny she said that. Planning for her retirement nearly 30 years in the future was not at the top of her career priorities checklist. And she was naive, a, a captive audience, though, who followed orders, which is what helped her out in this, in this situation. So firmly yet playfully her FTO refused to let her leave without signing up to contribute at least $50 out of her paycheck in a perpetuity and promising to increase that amount with each pay increase that she got. 
she was a good student, did just that until she reached her maximum contribution uh, rate that was allowed for each year. And she did that for over half of her career. Now, the same money wizard uh, held um, held up her hand through the supplemental life insurance decisions. And so she has, she talks about having a kid and getting life insurance and what kind you get whole life, you know, term life umbrella policies, bundles, all that stuff. She talks about supplemental insurance, homesteading her residence, all these things that um, can uh, come back and help you out. And she says, finally, at the conclusion of the article, she says, after years of pain into her financial uh, 401k plans and 457s, banking vacation and sick leave to keep them at their maximum limits and taking steps to ensure that she was not entering retirement deep in debt, she finally saw all of her efforts pay off. So it was a, a huge success story, but she just wanted to share it with other people. Guys, uh, how critical is this for especially new Leos coming into the profession? David? Uh, nowadays, it's it should be a no-brainer. Um, 40 years ago, when we started, it might have been longer for Randy even, um, but but 40 years ago in, in, in law enforcement, retirements, insurance, um, those, types, those types of things were just starting to kind of get a hold and start starting to become an important uh, aspect of the job. So it was it was new to a lot of people. You know, the, 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 our police pension, I think, Chip, what started uh, only a few years before we before we started in the, in the early 80s. And of course, same thing. You were taken by the hand, come down here, sign up. This is what you're going to do. And, and we all did it. And that was fantastic. But a lot of the programs, a lot of the financial programs, a lot of the financial opportunities that are in existence today didn't exist back then. So now it's a no-brainer. Sure, I wish someone had done that I had done more. Everybody always says, I wish I would have done more. I wish I would have saved more. I wish I would have you know, done something else more than what I did. But um, that being said, yeah, it's a no-brainer these days. You, you ought to have damn near a financial advisor, to be quite honest. Yeah. I mean, you know, let's face it. We all just want to be like Randy Sutton when we, when we grow up. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's it. That's it, baby. Right. So, um, a couple of things I want to, I want to talk about. One is that we actually cover this in the national law enforcement survival summit that because finances, um, plays a major role in the stress that officers have. And so those fine, those financial issues, um, can have a very, very detrimental effect on the mental and emotional health of our police. So that's one of the things that we talk, there's a guy called the financial cop that uh, comes in and does an amazing presentation just about this. Now here's the other part of this equation that um, police pensions and, re and retirements used to be one of the big draws to bring people into the profession. You knew that, you know, 25 or 30 years later, you were going to get a decent pension. However, what's been happening is law enforcement agencies have been whittling away at the at the benefits that are being that, that they're giving to the police. And, and that's having the opposite effect of what needs to be happening, which is bringing more people in to the profession and making the making it more um, uh making it, it easier to look at the profession and say, you know what, these are the benefits. This is why one of the reasons I'm going to do it. Instead, they're diminishing the benefits. So they, when, when I retired, I could retire with 25 years. Now these poor cops have to work 30 years and they don't get the same amount that they got, that I got. So 
Our state governments and local governments are doing everything they can to sabotage the ability to recruit good people. And finance is part of it. You know, Randy, yeah. I, I'm sorry, David. Um, um, let me just I was going to ask a question too, but go ahead. Well, I, I just remember at my last six years with the PD, I was with the union, the PBA. That's a police benevolent association. That, that's just a Florida-based you know, um, police union. But I remember that the legislatures, they saw the amount of money that was in the police pensions, and they wanted a piece of the pie. They wanted to go for that. And, and man, I tell you, did we have to fight off, you know, those legislatures? I mean, Republicans were, were the ones, I hate to say it, but the Republicans were the worst about doing that. But, um, but go ahead. Go ahead, Dave. Question to, um, to let Randy expand on this a little bit more. The seen it, Chip touched on it. There's been a, there's, there was a trend in Florida similar to, similar to what you were talking about with the Florida retirement system that covers a lot of law enforcement agencies in the state where they diminish some of the, uh, benefits, but now there seems to be a push, or uh, under DeSantis, anyways, there seems to be a push to kind of give those back or to uh, restructure those those benefits back to where they were to increase them or make them better. Um, and the reason for that, one at least in Florida, they were saying was because they wanted to attract people into law enforcement, and in this case, from other even from other states. So is the thing that you're talking about, the diminishment of these uh, benefits, is that something that's been happening since the whole defund the police push? Is that the, one of the main drivers of it? Or is it something that is broader than that? It, it, it's, uh, or is that just kind of a vehicle that they're using to do it? No, th this trend has been going on for a number of years. It actually, um, I saw it most significantly when the economy downturned back in about 2009. And we started seeing that they're chipping away at the benefits then. And uh, it's continued though, it's continued to make it less, um, I mean, I mean, just, just adding five years onto the requirement to be eligible to retire. That's a big deal, especially because the life expectancy of cops is so much shorter because of, of all the stress involved. So. Yeah, this is something we've seen. And of course, um, to your point about, about uh, the, the politicians trying to get hold of that money, they did get hold of that money in Detroit and they in, in Michigan. And, um, and a lot of guys lost their retirement because of it, because they, of course, pissed the money away. And, uh, and then they diminished the benefits there too. Um, so yeah, this has happened across America. Like for instance, when I retired, I had medical, right? Well, a couple of years later, they said, we can't afford to do that anymore. And they right. took away the medical from all the retirees. That's a big deal. Uh, that's a lot of money. So this is we are seeing this around the country. I'm happy to see that Florida is going against the grain there. And that's what that's what departments are going to have to do if they want to retain and also uh, attract, uh, you know, recruits. Excellent. And you're so right. So, guys, take advantage of those uh, deferred compensation plans, the uh, drop plans, all these things they didn't necessarily have. When we started our police careers, they came came in the middle of ours. But, man, uh, if you guys play it smart, especially with a decreased life expectancy, smart move. Commercial break, guys. We will be right back. All right, guys. Hey, it's time to talk about 
Motion DSP. Motion DSP has been supporting the uh, law enforcement profession for over 15 years for the robust speed of video and audio redaction and enhancement software. Now, Motion DSP software, easily to use, requires no specialized training or expertise, and you can save valuable time with Spotlight's one-click automating tracking feature and forensic suite of enhancement filters to, to achieve results quickly in just three steps is import, process, and export. Now, Usually, motion DSP's algorithms and object tracking technology it kind of automates the process of blurring faces and other identifiable information, and it saves users countless hours compared to manual frame-by-frame -frame redaction and forensic enhancement software that allows users to quickly process and analyze any video file format using patented super-resolution algorithms and enhancement filters to reveal an unseen level of detail. And you can actually get forensically valid evidence from low-quality video in just minutes instead of hours. So you can learn more about all these products by simply going to motiondsp.com. If you haven't been there before, do it today, motiondsp.com. All right, guys, welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. We're still live from the Boss Hog Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. Man, have a, a very interesting story on policetribune.com. A gunman breaks into a deputy's home. He hides in the bathroom with a weapon and tries to kill him. Wow. So we're in Quincy, California. I know. How do they get guns in California when bad guys have, you know, the guns have been outlawed, right? But how does that happen? But yeah, Quincy, California. So we have this off-duty uh, Plumas County Sheriff's deputy. He's nearly shot in the face by an intruder who broke into his home hid in the law enforcement officer's bathroom and waits for him to come home on Sunday night. Wow. There's not, we don't know why this went down and why this guy targeted the deputy, but the incident occurred at a residence in the Quincy area at 9.30 p.m. at night on June the 25th. This is released by the sheriff's office. Now, an off-duty PCSO deputy arrives at the home, heads into his bathroom. He flips on the light, and there's a guy with a semi-automatic handgun pointing the weapon at his face. Now, the intruder who later identified as a 25-year-old named Stan Jose uh, resident. Oh, I guess, I'm sorry, a San Jose resident. His name is Henry Maxwell Evans. Uh, he pulls the trigger. Remember, the gun's pointed at the cop's head. Now, the weapon was loaded, but our inept bad guy forgot the chamber around before he tried to murder the deputy. So the deputy reacted quickly, subdues our bad guy named Evans with defensive tactics, dislodges the firearm from the bad guy, after disarming the would-be killer, the deputy gains control of him, yanks him out of the bathroom and away from the firearm. He places Evans in handcuffs, calls the sheriff's office for assistance. Now, Evans, our bad guy, ends up being booked into the Plumas County Correctional Facility on charges of attempted homicide and burglary. The bail set at half a million dollars, and they haven't released a motive for the attack yet. Wow. You guys talk about close calls. Wow. Uh, Randy. Wow is right. I can't imagine the nightmare that this get, that this officer went through, and the fact that he was able to um, disarm him and subdue him, he I really wish he killed him. I really wish that he would have killed him because there's a guy that needs dying right there. Um, it'd be interesting to know the rest of the story, what the uh, what the motivation was. Was there any relationship between the two? You know, the, knowing that would would make this story a lot more interesting. But just the fact that uh, that he can you imagine turning on the light and seeing a guy there pointing a gun at you? I mean, yeah. that's that's like a horror movie right there. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's one of those things. I mean, we don't know the, the entire story, the rest of the details. It's like Randy said, that's going to be an interesting uh, an interesting bit of information to get as to why, what what this guy was doing there, why he picked this officer, what, what the motivation was. Um, but 
I mean, no, no alarm system on this house. No, how'd this guy get in? I mean, what, there's a lot of questions in, in, in here that, that still need to be answered, but, but to, to echo Randy, how this, how this bad guy got out of that bathroom alive. I'm sorry, but in the struggle for the gun, I'm sure it would have gone off at least four or five times, striking him repeatedly <laughs> in the head. I, I'm, I'm just sure of it in that struggle. Uh, but I, yeah, that's, that's amazing. And frightening, both. Yeah, I guarantee every cop here in this world, because I, I thought the same thing. Why did this guy let this guy live? The guy, it, this dude is in your house, and you know if he gets re re released back into civilization, into society, that's gonna that's just that's a huge injustice. So yeah, yeah, I'm with you. All right, moving along, and we've got another another great story coming up. This one has a video component. So look for all of our audio listeners radio and podcasts we're describing great detail what's going on so that you don't feel like you're missing out on anything this is on police tribune as well it's it's called uh or titled allen police release a body cam of an officer shooting and killing a mass shooter at premium outlet mall <laughs> I think we got shots fired at the Alabama. Alabama. Three shots fired at the Alabama. Got people running. Get going, get going, get moving! Four twenty on the ground. They're moving further away from me. Police, I got him down. Drop the gun! 
get off the air. I'm over here by Lilith. I got him down. Get away from there! Get away from there! Get away! I'm by Sunflower's Club. I'm moving up on him. Who's just behind me? Watch your fire. We're in Texas, a body cam footage of the Allen Premium Outlet Mall mass shooting released on Wednesday after a grand jury no-billed the officer who shot and killed the shooter. So listen, here's an explanation. The Texas Rangers and the Collin District Attorney's Office, they presented evidence to the grand jury. Now, the grand jury's no-bill. It means that after reviewing the evidence, they ruled the use of force was justified under Texas law. So I love the way they don't say, eh, we decided not to indict the officer or there wasn't enough evidence to convict the officer. They rule it justified. I love it. Eight people are killed, though. That's the downside of this. Several others were injured, but a deputy saved the day. The gunman opened fires at the Allen Premium Outlets on Sunday. This happened on May the 6th, and as bad as that all sounds, it could have been much worse. The body cam footage released on Wednesday shows the track events from the officer's perspective. So it starts up with the video, um, in the video with the officer talking to a mother and her two kids, and you can hear, well, there's more than 10 gunshots that are heard off in the distance so the uh, mom grabs the kid she knows something's getting ready to go down officer calls in the shots over the radio another round of gunfire is heard the officer grabs his weapon which is a rifle and he tells shoppers to get down so man he's he's on foot and he's he's running towards the action but just trying to pinpoint it now the officer runs across the outlet mall for approximately two to three minutes and multiple rounds of gunfire are being heard you know they're being fired throughout this time now the entire incident lasted just over four minutes before police neutralized the shooter and it's our guy with his body cam that neutralized the shooter it appears to be so the video shows how quickly routine interaction with the public can turn into a life and death situation according to allen police chief brian harvey the officer recognized the danger runs towards the gunfire neutralizes the threat and for his actions the allen community is forever grateful this is a quote from the chief the allen premium outlets were closed for nearly a month and reopened on may the 31st this was a big deal, guys. And I'll tell you, our cop along the way, uh, stopping and taking uh, very controlled shots with that AR-15 he was carrying, it was a thing of beauty. Um, guys, commentary on this. Go ahead. Uh, jump in. Whoever wants to start it off first. David? Yeah, I mean, everything about it. I mean, there's 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 so many parts to this that to look at and, and unpack and and talk about. and But the whole scenario together was just a a model of, of of response i mean here's this cop he's standing in the parking lot talking to a mother and her small children he's having a you know that that cop and small children conversation okay make sure you wear your seatbelts and you know do what your mom tells you and be good kids and gay rah rah stuff and then all of a sudden there's shots going off and you see him kind of stop and he's going and you can see the those are gun that's gunfire the mother grabs up her kids and she takes off. And then he immediately turns and runs to his vehicle, gets his rifle. You see the moment of hesitation. And, and my bet is he's considering, do I drive my car or do, or do I stay on foot? And his decision to stay on foot is a tactical one because driving your vehicle, you get caught in traffic. Now you're a target. They can see you coming. 
But if you're on foot, you can take cover as you go along. And we'll get back to it on the other side. All right, thanks. Hold that thought, guys. We had a great breakdown of this coming down from uh, from uh, Randy and from uh, and from David. So, guys, we'll be right back. All right, guys. Hey, it's time to talk about Galls at Galls.com slash Leo. Hopefully, Corporal David can help me out with this one. And you guys certainly know about Galls by now. They're the country's leading uniform clothing equipment and gear provider for law enforcement. And they have a variety of offerings, everything from multi-tools and flashlights to duty belts and tactical gear. And as Captain Brett Bartlett, our panelist, always says, they pretty much have everything for law enforcement except for guns and ammo. I mean, they have they have everything. Uh, Corporal David, do you know what's going on at, uh, at Gulls this week? They still got that 20% site-wide yeah. thing going on? Yes, wow. still 20% site-wide. And now they've extended or ex uh, made it larger. It's twenty Now the 20% off not only site-wide, but on ind individual items that they're that are you know specials of the week kind of a thing. Still, the boots, the Wiley X glasses, um, but site-wide. I mean, it's it's you got to go. Gotta how look. can they afford? How can they afford to do that? And Brett's probably buying right now. So guys, go there quick before Brett buys out all the rest of the stock remaining stock. Golfs.com/slash Leo. All right, guys, welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show. We're still live to the Boss Hog Radio Studios. And we're, uh, yeah, we're talking about that outlet uh, um, shooting. Uh, and uh, I think this was on, uh, what, uh, this is butter at rumble.com. David. Yeah, Allen, Texas on May 6th. So it's it's not a cool day. It's it's getting into the, the heat of the summer. And an officer's running across a, you know, concrete uh, jungle, if you will, trying to hone in on where these shots are coming from. And he picked, he picked to go on foot, which I think was a smart tactical move. It gives him better cover and, and better uh a better ability to hone in on the shots. He does so walking and running, stopping, listening, moving, talking on the radio, guiding other units in. You can hear the breath starting to come and he's starting to puff. And you know it's from the stress of, of what he's doing and what he's running towards. Not running away from, running towards. He gets there, identifies the, identifies the bad guy, engages him and puts him down. Um, this goes to what we, we talk about on a regular basis as to being both physically and mentally prepared to deal with a worst case scenario when it presents itself, you know, that day when you're in uniform. And uh, it, it from everything that we saw in this video, he, he was. Sweet. All right, Randy, what do you think, Randy, made you make you proud? Hell yeah. So yeah. I, I think what, what, what really struck me about this is going from officer friendly yeah, to war okay. to warrior in a split second, and th this is where I like to emphasize what a warrior truly is. Warrior doesn't mean you're at war all the time. A warrior means that your mental mindset can switch from literally the officer friendly mode that he was that he was engaged in with the mom and her kids to. I'm going to go kill this guy and great tactics. You can hear, as David said, you can hear the breath and you know, this guy is, I mean, this is about the most stressful thing you can imagine. He's walking into the, into the fire, literally. So this guy is a hero. Um, that piece of video should be shown all over the country. It won't be. But uh, it, it really demonstrates what the warrior spirit is all about. And that's what we need to encourage. 
you know, and, and it's hard for people maybe to relate, but there's not a true, there's not, let me say, let me say it this way. There's not a good comp anywhere that doesn't watch that video and say, wow, I, I wish that, I wish that would have been me. You know, I mean, my adrenaline's going, I'm watching this guy running and he's, he's trying to control his breathing while he's running. I mean, all these things and you're, and you know what he's saying th- and you know what's going on. And it, it's just, uh, oh man, what a, what a great, just, I'm glad we didn't have a Scott Peterson, you know, from Broward County in this situation and you know where I'm going, Randy, but, uh, at least we didn't have someone that's going to be a Royal embarrassment and being a coward and embarrass us. Like, you know, Scott Peterson's done decades of damage to law, to the law enforcement profession. And hopefully the trial going on right now will reflect that at its conclusion. But this guy picked us back up again and put us on the map and, uh, and, and shows what people should be able to expect from true cops. So I, uh, yeah, I absolutely love it. David. Yeah. You know, I, I would, I wouldn't say that, that cops wish it was them, but I would say that every, every officer worth his salt looks at that and, and wants to believe that he would respond, he or she, would respond the same way, and that that in it, and that in and of itself is what Randy talked about having that warrior mindset or that warrior spirit, and being prepared to respond in that way. That's the important thing: preparing yourself to respond in that way. It's it's one thing to to think to wish it and hope that you would do it. It's another thing to prepare for it, and that that's what I keep pounding on: prepare for it. You know, and the aspect I go from you know you do all that training. And all that mental prep- preparation on a daily basis. I mean, you know, you go through scenarios through your mind, what you're going to do, even when you're off duty, you know. So, well, when I watched that, I was wishing that would have been me. You know, I mean, I just, I, I just, I just, I can't help but feel, but feel that way. Not because I want to kill a bad guy, but because when you see you, yourself being tested and just all that training just gets to pay off and stuff and get, I don't know, you just, I don't know. Um, Randy? Yeah, I, I, once again, I want to talk about, about something that, I found, um, I believe, saved my life in, a, in an active shooter situation. And that was uh, crisis rehearsal. You know, we, it's called different things at different times, you know, as, as the years have gone by. But crisis rehearsal is going through scenarios in your mind where you always view yourself as the winner. Yeah. In every tactical situation, you see it and you basically rehearse different scenarios and and find yourself at the end of it that you were the victor and i tell you quite honestly it worked for me um and and i this is something i don't know if they're teaching in the in the academies anymore uh but it's something that 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 law enforcement needs to embrace um and and get and, and see the outcome just like this guy did Hey, well, you know, Randy, you were talking about the warrior mindset earlier. And, you know, our, our, our buddy, Lieutenant Bob Kroll of Minneapolis, remember when they got the training booted because, uh, because it yep. was too suggestive and, uh, and, and they didn't like the way it sounded? So, yeah, so yeah. It, had the, it had the word warrior in it. We can't have that. That's the, that's the militarization of the police. Wham! <laughs> okay, I'm gonna take that soundbite, Jimmy. Remind me, we'll collect that soundbite and we'll use that in the show in the future, like at least once a day. I think we should do that soundbite. Yeah, it's flagged. It's flagged. Okay, beautiful. That's what I want to hear. All right, guys. Hey, moving along. We see we got about four minutes before our next break. Uh, let's see what we got coming down the pike. Oh, right, man, we have another one. Uh, this one's at LeoAffairs.com, but it's armed citizen hailed a hero for stopping a would-be mass shooter.
So, wow, another uh, would-be mass shooter situation, but now we've got a citizen that's doing, that's doing the job uh, for law enforcement. Uh, there is a video component to this. So, again, uh, for our audio listeners, we'll describe it describe a great detail what's going on i'm 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 smiling and kind of laughing while i'm trying to get through this because i remember how the shooting goes down and not that i have a sick sense of humor but you know i just i'll, I'll you'll see why in a minute so a nevada man so uh man, i think we're in your neck of the woods randy we're in uh we're in nevada so a guy is being hailed a hero after stopping a potential mass shooter at turnberry towers in the las vegas area so randy i'm assuming you know you're familiar with this area i guess right so Last Friday, a man identified as Andrew Warrender enters the building. He's wearing a helmet and he's carrying several weapons. Now, fortunately, it goes on to say that one of the employees that are there, they're actually armed um, at, at the time. And they realize that something is amiss and they took the initiative. So the employee uh, apparently knew this bad guy uh, would be shooter. It, well, actually, he was a shooter because uh, he fired his weapon. So the employee never had any issues with this uh, bad guy named Warrender in the year and a half that they knew each other. So, But he noticed that this guy seemed like he was off, and he actually asked the guy if he was okay. Warner responded that he was not. And then a valet asked what the rifle was for, and our bad guy, Warner moved the rifle in motion if, it was, if, it, if he was going to point it at the valet. So for several minutes, Warner, our bad guy, with, with the rifle, he roams the building, and he frightens some of the staff. Um, and according to 8 News, one of the employees engaged the shooter after a shot rang out, fearing that the bad guy was an immediate threat to the lives of the people of the, of the building residents. So after firing 12 to 13 shots, the gunman falls to the ground. He drops his rifle. Now, what it doesn't say, but what it appeared to me from the video, it looked like our bad guy blew rounds through like a glass entryway. I mean, you just you have like a surveillance video and you see glass flying. He's like, looks like he blew it out with the rifle and he walks through that when he's getting ready to walk into the building. It looks like he's taken fire in the back. I suspect that our civilian just shot him in the back. But we got an armed guy that's firing, that's been firing his gun, and it seems like he, he he took rounds in the back and goes down. The incident is currently being investigated by the Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department. That's that jam up agency that Lieutenant Randy Sutton here retired from. So that's what we have. Uh, commentary on this, guys. Randy, I'd love for you to start us off on this one. Well, Turnberry is a very exclusive um, condo um, structure. And it's uh, real. I mean, we're talking high, high dollar, and um, it's it's pretty secure. So clearly, this guy must have been either a tenant or possibly an employee. Is my guess from this. Therefore, the relationship. So um, uh, the I, I guess what's what I found really interesting is that you know they they're talking to the guy. I I mean, the guy's walking in with a helmet. <laughs> And, and draped with guns. I'm surprised he didn't shoot him a lot faster than he did. Um, and uh, I don't know if this guy was a security officer because they do have security there uh, on the uh, on the ground. So it'd be interesting to know a little bit more of the story. You know, I, I was wondering if Randy was going to pick up on this. And I don't know in the in the article it has a, a link to a, a Twitter by some guy by the name of John R. Lott. And I don't know if that if Randy if it's a reporter, who he is out there. But anyways, not that it's important. He he's And this is the mental attitude that just makes me grind my teeth. Um, oh, now we got to go to commercial. My goodness. I got to get back to this at, at the end. Um, but just, just what he writes uh, about being the, the person was shot by an employee with a concealed handgun permit. 
He wasn't shot with a permit. He was shot with a gun, you idiot. Yeah. <laughs> a, con a concealed firearm, not a permit. Permits Commer don't matter. Commercial break. We'll be right back. All right. Hey, it's time to talk about GunLearn at GunLearn.com. No matter how much you know about guns and ammunition, there's that knowledge gap that leaves you confused and missing the complete picture. GunLearn.com, uh, they are the first and they're the only company to take the uh, confusion out of learning and to take a step-by-step -step program that takes you from your present knowledge level become a safe, accurate, and competent certified firearm specialist. Now, they provide citations from federal law and ATF rulings for every point taught to ensure accuracy, and their training is approved by major forensic organizations, by law enforcement agencies, and firearm manufacturers. Since 1996, they've taught everything that LEOs, that's law enforcement officers, need to know about firearms and ammunition to all facets of law enforcement. Now, you can start today with online training, or you can register to attend a live seminar. And you can also get free training for yourself and the personnel of your agency by hosting a seminar at no cost. So come aboard as one of the most firearm knowledgeable people in the world by joining the folks at gunlearn.com. You'll be glad that you did. Gunlearn.com. Welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Law Enforcement Talk Show as uh, Corporal David's having a meltdown yeah. here. No, we're no, we're no, still no. live was, from the Boss Hog Radio Studios in Plant City, Florida. Go ahead, Dave. David, that Mueller's barely no. hanging on. No, I'm just, I was just, I was just breaking, breaking it off on, on John's behalf. This John R. Lott guy, he, he looks like he compiles, he compiles, he actually does a good thing. It appears he through, it looks like crimesearch.org. He compiles incidents of where law abiding citizens use a firearm to protect themselves or save somebody else or stop a shooter and so on and so forth. So the, the website that he's promoting looks, you know, like a good thing that he's doing. I was just breaking it, breaking it off on him just a little bit for saying that that it was an employee with a concealed handgun permit. No, it was an employee with a gun. Who cares about the concealed handgun permit? Employee in the building with a gun took care of business. I'm just just pulling his chain a little bit. That's all. Uh, but John Lott, it looks like he he's promoting a you know a pretty good thing there um, about citizens like this doing what they need to do to protect other citizens, which is always a plus. And, and I don't know what the law is um, there, but, you know, here you can arm your employees. Uh, you know, you can do all that stuff here in Florida. But, you know, I, I guess we'll know if Randy's correct about it being a uh, a, uh, a high-end place. <laughs> Watch, if it's some high-end, you know, shopper, I'm sure they're going to be toting around like some kind of a Walther PPK, some high-end little uh, costly little 380 caliber gun and, uh, you know, plugging the guy in the back to shoot her. But, yeah, it was a, uh, it's a pretty cool story, pretty cool video, so. Any any more commentary, guys? We got about eight minutes. So if not, all right, let's uh let's move on. Let's see what else we got coming up. We got some good stuff. So on policetribune.com, we have a neighbor who shot a mother of four will not be charged with murder. So that happened close to where I'm actually at right now. Boss Hogs in uh, the Plant City Lakeland area, but also Ocala. So Ocala, Florida, the woman who fired a gun through her front door, Bailey shot her neighbor during a dispute about the neighbor's children in early June. She's not going to be charged with murder. Prosecutors confirmed this on Monday. But there are charges. So listen, to this. state attorney William Gladson said in the news uh, release on June the 26th that the 58-year-old named Susan Lorenis, uh, she's been charged with manslaughter uh, with a firearm and assault in connection with the June 2nd shooting of 35-year-old um, Ajik A.J. Owens, W.O.F.L. reported this. And so she faces up to 30 years in prison if she's convicted. And that's what uh, Gladson said. So that's the latest and the greatest on that. I don't know if there's any surprises, but, uh, you know, I was kind of wondering what would happen with that particular case. So now we know. David? Yeah, we talked about it briefly. It's a matter of it was a matter of the state attorney and sheriff's office getting together 
deciding what the appropriate charges were for the actions once the investigation was over with. They, they had to go through the stand your ground stuff and all that in Florida to make sure none of that applied, which they did. So hopefully she, this woman has been has been charged appropriately and the charges will she will be found guilty and she'll go to prison. And again, murder, it's manslaughter that it, she did kill someone. It's it's how she did it and all the other details that matter. Details matter. And uh, she'll go to prison for it. They, right, they, good point. Might want to, they might want to bury her into the jail. The family, of course, wants to bury her into the jail. I don't blame them. You know, ongoing neighbor dispute. But I always harp on we, we want appropriate charges levied so that people are found guilty of what they do. Hold, give people credit for what they do properly. Agree. That way they'll stick. But yeah, it should be justified. Absolutely. Oh, so uh, Rumble and the best law enforcement video channel out there. This is butter. Body cam video shows suspect shot at charging or, or shot after charging at deputies with a bed frame. I, I want to go home. We haven't been able to cover this yet, but we're getting to it now. This is in San Diego, uh, in Southern California. And look for, again, radio podcast listeners will describe in great detail what's going on so you're not left out of what's, you know, what's going on. So the San Diego County Sheriff's Department on Friday, or on, on, the, on the Friday, this was released anyhow. It's been out there for a little bit. This uh, video of the suspect was shot uh, by a deputy at a home near the Spring Valley area. The shooting occurred. On the evening of April the 26th, a law enforcement, they're called to the scene after report of a guy who picked up a bed frame and he threatened to kill another roommate. So the body cam shows uh, the 45-year-old suspect. His name is Santo Marac. He's in the bathroom refusing to allow deputies or, or to follow deputies' commands. So a taser was used on the subject, but of course, you know, it had no effect. So moments later, the suspect seen charging towards the deputies when gunshots are fired from a patrol deputy uh, with the Rancho San Diego substation, who was identified as Deputy Benjamin Blake. The shot struck Merrick and he falls to the ground. The suspect's then taken to the hospital in stable but serious condition. So he survived, uh, but he's got a bed frame that he's charging the deputies with. I mean, you never know what weapon these bad guys are going to use. Um I'm curious to see if anyone has any uh, notations on the justification for shooting someone with a bed frame, a metal bed frame, as opposed to another kind of a weapon. But any commentary on this, guys? We got about four and a half minutes, Randy. Yeah, I mean, uh, this is this is uh, this is a decision that he made to attack the the officers. You can you can beat somebody to death with that bed frame, and the officers did what they had to do. That's uh, you know, once again. You know, they, they tried to deploy low lethality in a, with the taser. Um, and uh, and then, you know, you, they have every right to defend themselves. I'll be kind of surprised, however, if they don't get pushback from uh, the San Diego um, liberals there uh, for, uh, for, for doing this shooting. But the, as far as the justification goes, of course it was. Yeah, and, and this this is one of those situations we've seen others similar to this where we've questioned it, where there's been there's been no one else in the house, you know the person is there by themselves threatening you know to suicide or having a mental crisis, and the officers force their way into the house and force a confrontation. This wasn't that. This this guy was in a house with other people and had been threatening other people already with you know the whether it was the bed frame or some other weapon. 
so that the officers that law enforcement at that point are kind of duty bound to make sure that this person is not going to be able to harm someone else. So they're in that situation. And then at that point, like Randy said, you know, we're going to have a conversation with you one way or the other. And he decides to to press that by coming down a narrow hallway with a large piece of steel uh, toward the officers. And, and the cop there said, yeah, no, not today. Don't bring a bed frame to a gunfight. And it, he, he ended it right there on the spot. So, uh, and I'm not sure if it was a king size bed frame or if it was full size. I, I don't know. That, I don't know if that matters. <laughs> Just saying. Hey, so in, in California, that might make a difference, David. Be careful. Well, what if, your it, if, it was a Calif- <laughs> if it was a California king, then then we have. Oh, there you go. That was good. That was good. All right. So look, lawofficer.com, Illinois bill would allow migrants to be police officers. Yeah, look, David's clapping. David's excited. You know, we've seen this in California, but look, yeah, but we're in Chicago now. So non-U.S. citizens may soon be able to become police officers in Illinois despite a federal law requiring citizenship for law enforcement officers. So the bill, which is awaiting Governor uh, Pritzker's approval, it recently passed the House and the Senate in Illinois. Wow. If it's signed, work-eligible immigrants... Illegals would become a part of law enforcement in the state of Illinois, according to CBS News. So in 2021, the federal government passed a bill that allowed some undocumented immigrants to become health care workers and military members. The bill's sponsor called the introduction of this new bill a natural progression is what they called it. Wow. So that's what we have. Uh, we've got a little over a minute and a half. If, Randy. The state legislature in Illinois is one of the most liberal um, uh, leftist state legislatures in the country. They even outdo in in the weird laws that they pass, the anti-law enforcement laws and the anti-public safety. They they are on a par with Portland or with Oregon and with the, and with Washington. It's incredible. And at the same time, you know they won't enforce the laws against criminals. They only want to enforce laws that will make it difficult to do a law enforcement job. And now they're 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 making um, this this determination, which of course is going to fly in the face of you know of any common sense when it comes down to hiring. Yeah, remember remember the remember the what was it the Somali immigrant that shot the woman out the window of her, of his car? Yeah, that was, was trying to report was, a, a rape or was, something like that. That was Mohammed Noor and Justine yeah. Damon. Yeah. Yeah, remember that? Anybody remember that? Minneapolis. Yeah. Guess what's coming to Illinois? Um, this this is another one of those things. We've talked about it. It's not something that you're going to see tomorrow. He's he, Pritzker's going to sign it. He, he's he's a, a a monster scumbag, but he's going to sign it. It'll take a it'll take a couple years, two, three, four, five years down the road. Everything will be quiet. Nothing will happen, and then all of a sudden you're going to start seeing it because this is in effect lowering standards. For hiring law enforcement. That's what it is in a nutshell. It's nothing else other than that. Give it a few years and it's coming. All right. Thanks, David. Hey, uh, before I let Randy go talking about the Wounded Blue of this new uh, um, conference coming up, I want to give a shout out to our sponsors, Motion DSP, GaulsGunner.com on Medicare.live and Bang Energy. Thanks for the fuel. Also, another huge shout out to Ray Dietrich, Red Voice Media, RedVoiceMedia.com. Thanks for letting us borrow that 1 million followers on those three Facebook pages. Randy, got the clock here. You got 40, uh, 40 some seconds. Go ahead, buddy. Hit it. All right. The Wounded Blue is the national assistance and support organization for injured and disabled law enforcement officers. If you're an officer and you're struggling from either a physical, emotional, psychological, 
uh, issue, please reach out to us at thewoundedblue.org. We've got this incredible Law Enforcement Survival Summit coming up uh, September 26th through the 29th. I got Vinny Montez is coming, the, the amazing comedian who's also a police commander. Uh, we've got uh, Dave Grossman coming. We've got Dave and Betsy Smith. Um, this is going to be a, a an incredible conference. It's made for every single law enforcement officer in America. Also, shout out again to our sponsors, Motion DSP, GaulsGunler.com, MyMedicare.Live, and Bang Energy. Thanks for the fuel. And hey, Ray Dietrich, Red Voice Media, RedVoiceMedia.com. Check out that new source, guys, at RedVoiceMedia.com. Thanks for the uh, for the hits and the followers. Hope everybody has a wonderful and safe week.